parting of Egyptian waters, the blotting out of the sun, and pillars of fire in the sky, are based upon some very real kernels of truth. The rocks and the ruins tell us so. As one who remains to this day an agnostic, no good scientist can be an atheist, for in science we must question everything, even our own questions. All of this has come as a great surprise. According to the late Alex Haley, who demonstrated most dramatically the fidelity of oral history, I was a blind fool to have been so surprised, for reasons that will become clear in the chapters ahead. For me, the journey through the Bible lands began near a live volcano, a mile and a half below the Pacific. In a very real sense, this book is mostly deep ocean explorer Robert Ballard's fault. During the autumn and winter of 1985, I sailed with him and a crew of volcanologists to a place where a food chain based on sulfides instead of sunlight became an open window on how life got started on Earth and perhaps on other worlds as well. I was in those days a paleontologist, someone used to dealing with objects millions of years old, who happened to spend most of his time working in space research. And it was Ballard who, latching on to my roots in paleontology, told me to bring my head down from the clouds. Do you not realize that we know less about the earth we live on than about the stars in a galaxy two billion light years away? The greatest mysteries are right here, right under our feet. And there I was, the closest thing to an archaeologist aboard, after one of our robots discovered the Titanic. Usually, on a research vessel... One can find little to do during the off hours except read medical journals in the ship's library. But there, aboard the R.V. Melville, were miles and miles of videotape and negatives with which it was possible to track the White Star Liner's debris field backward in time and reconstruct her last three minutes. And thus did the Titanic become my baptism in archaeology. Seeing how much I reveled in it, Ballard and the volcanologists said, if you think the Titanic is fascinating, wait till you see what they're digging up in the Aegean. You're going to love that. If there was any lost world that could outclass the Titanic, it was the Isle of Thera and the origin of the Atlantis legend. That's where Ballard sent me, to a buried Minoan city, which, according to Plato and the archaeologists, had been swallowed by a mountain and whose homes perfectly preserved under a cocoon of volcanic ash, were equipped with running water and bathtubs, flush toilets and central heating, yet dated back more than 3,600 years. The rocks told us that a mountain had exploded with all the force of an entire nest of hydrogen bombs. But even trying to assign a date to the catastrophe became a portent of things to come, for it became immediately apparent that the Isle of Thera did not exist in a vacuum and did not lend itself to tunnel vision. Thera forced us to follow a fine layer of volcanic ash under the Mediterranean Sea, into Turkey, under the Nile Delta, and as far away as the Greenland Ice Sheet. It forced us to acquaint ourselves with ancient Egyptian, Greek, and Chinese texts, and yes, the Bible too. It forced us to explore Irish peat bogs and learn everything we could about the trees entombed there, for their rings were as fingerprints running backward through time. And by drawing these diverse fields of study together, we found it possible to say with reasonable certainty 
that a squall was blowing west to east across Thera when all life was suddenly extinguished there in the autumn of 1628 B.C., when Thutmosis III ruled Egypt and Jericho City IV still stood gleaming and sharp-edged under the desert sun. And when all was said and done, all was far from said and done. A sedimentologist told me about a vein of Theran ash he had found sandwiched between layers of Egyptian mud, and an Israeli archaeologist told me of Minoan ruins recently discovered near the Sea of Galilee. I came to see the buried city of Thera in a rather larger dimension than the one I had begun with, which pointed more and more beyond the strict boundaries of archaeology. As I followed the Theran ash lair throughout the entire Mideast, and started redating kingship from Egypt to Babylon based upon clues revealing how far above or below the sheet of ash a king's city had existed.